Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. There are many aspects that make up the spiritual man's life in Jesus Christ. Aspects such as grace and faith and the very life and nature of God, fellowship with God, the work of the cross, the filling of the Holy Spirit, life in the body of Christ, etc., etc. But there's one aspect that is paramount. And it's the aspect of God shining light into the spiritual man and woman's spirit where they know, not because they're educated, they know because God, by the Holy Spirit, shines into them. That is, they have spiritual revelation that they do not get from their natural faculties, from their natural observation, but they they see by God. And they don't see the future or necessarily how the stock market is going to change, etc., etc. They they see God. Spiritual revelation, first and foremost, light, understanding, knowing, comprehension and discernment is about knowing God. And that knowing of God can only come from God. And it's so critical that the spiritual man and woman positions himself to receive from God. In this ongoing session from our previous speaking, I want to continue to bring out this amazing thought that you and I don't have what it takes. However, if we are positioning ourselves in humility and in spiritual tenderness, then surely God will teach us who God is. It's one thing for a man to teach you God for a book or for a kind of a movement or a society at large to teach you who God is. But I want to tell you, in the New Testament, from the least even to the greatest, we can know God. And how do we know God best? When God himself teaches us. Jesus said in Matthew 11, come to me. When you are burdened and heavy laden, you've you've tried to figure God out. You've tried to know God. You've tried to come into the depths of God and you are running up against a wall and you're burdened. Come to me and I will give you rest. And Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am meek and lowly and tender and gentle of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. We need to be taught by Christ. And revelation is not an issue of your IQ. It's not an issue of your cleverness. It's really an issue of, can you learn from the humble one? Now, Christ lived such a humble life, and the Father taught him. And even so, you and I have to live in this humility and be unloaded from all of our burdens and all of our religious obligations and just come to him in a way naked, say, Lord, teach me, who are you? 
What are you about? What is your interest? What is on your heart? What is your burden? Beloved, Jeremiah prophesied that from the least to the greatest, we can know God. We can be taught by God and we can come into the house of God and receive from God. What do we receive? We receive from God, first and foremost, above all else, just God. Notice here in Matthew 16, in verse 13, Jesus came into the parts of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? In other words, what is your interpretation? What's the rumor on the street? What's the headlines in the Daily Chronicle? People have seen me, they've heard of me, and but what, what's your interpretation? Notice here, they look with the natural eye, they look with the natural comprehension and understanding, and notice what people's interpretation of Jesus is in verse 14. And some said, you're John the Baptist. This is their interpretation through their natural observation. Others said, Elijah. And others say, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. By the way, John the baptizer was a reformer. And their interpretation of this Jesus, you're a reformer. Elijah was a miracle worker. So they look at Jesus and they're like, huh, this is Elijah, a miracle worker. This is their interpretation. And others say, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was known for speaking. Jesus, you're just Jeremiah. Can you see how short they fall in their interpretation? So Jesus, he uh, asks his own disciples, he said to them, but, but who do you say I am? Oh my goodness. Woo! You know, <clears throat> what a simple question, you know. All they had to do was just say, it's quite obvious, you're God. But they couldn't say that. Why? Your natural eye, your natural ear, your natural comprehension cannot interpret God fully. The culture says he's Jeremiah, Elijah. The culture says you're John the baptizer. And it shows you here that they did not have the natural capacity to clarify God, interpret God, understand God. So here it is. Notice in your Bible. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then notice in verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, the son of Jonah, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father that is in the heavens. Do you see that? So saints, 
Not one of us in this room will have a clear picture, really, of who Christ is unless the Father reveals him to you. But then again, you have got to be poor in spirit. The Corinthians there a little earlier in 1 Corinthians 2, they, they, they forgot about Christ. And Paul comes and he says, Christ is really the wisdom of God. He is the gospel. He is the one that we preach. He's the power of God unto salvation. But their interpretation of that is, oh, this is foolish. And Paul says, no wonder, because you're looking with your natural man. You're not going to see the Christ. And that's why Jesus is for many of us nothing more than a ticket out of hell. He's not my life. He's not my wisdom. He's not my sanctification. He's not my overcoming. He's not my speech. He's not my living. Christ is just somebody that we believe at a certain time and then we get a ticket and then we figure it out. You need revelation as to who this Christ is. Yeah? Blessed are you for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This verse proves to me that one to another, I can't reveal God to you. I can't open up God. Your spirit, indwelt by the Spirit of God, God Himself opens up Christ to you. Hallelujah. Um, go to Job 11, verse 7. Just before the book of Psalms, Job 11. You know that in the book of Job there was a catastrophe. And everybody is trying to interpret the catastrophe. And that's really what the heartbeat of the book of Job is. But the solical man cannot fully interpret God. So you'll see in the book of Job, everybody has an interpretation. And everybody keeps missing it. And here's a beautiful verse, though, amidst this very confusing book of trying to understand, bring some clarity to the circumstances. In verse 7, can you find out the depths of God? Can you find out, really, the limit of the Almighty? What's the obvious answer? No. You can't. God is so, so beyond us. Your natural man can't figure God out. Look at chapter 36, verse 26. Indeed, God is great, and we, we don't know Him. The number of His years we also cannot search out. In other words, God transcends my capability to know Him. Do you get the point? Would you go to Isaiah 55 and look at verse 8. For my thoughts are not in line with your thoughts. In other words, the thought of God is incompatible with the thought of man. And your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth so my ways are higher than your ways. Right there we understand one of the reasons for the universe, why it's so vast and so big, 
is God is just trying to impress you with the thought, you'll never figure out the universe. Don't even try to figure me out. It says it here. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Saints, you do not have the capacity to fully comprehend God. I see that you're struggling with this point. Would you turn to Romans? Actually, turn to Matthew 11, verse 25. Matthew 11. It says, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I extol you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to babies. Ah, it matches so beautifully. Matthew 13. I can't speak to these people because their heart has become fat. And here the Lord says, those of us who are wise, God's going to block Himself from you. Those of you who are naturally intelligent and you think you can with your intelligence find the thought and mind and capture the ways of God, your intelligence fall dismally short. As much as the earth is such a peeny-weeny thing in comparison to the heavens. Are you all with me? But to whom does the Lord reveal His thought, His mind, His heart, His ways? Do you see it in your scripture there? To infants. Now what does an infant have to offer this planet? Nothing. Nothing. You do everything for an infant. God is like, man, if you can have an infant spirit, that is, a spirit of humility, you got it. You lift yourself up in pride, the Lord steps back. You are poor in spirit, contrite, the Lord's like, man, I'm with that person. So how's your spirit nowadays? Like an infant? Or haughty, lifted up. So verse 26, Jesus says, Amen, Father, for this has been well-pleasing in your sight. Aha! God even has an emotion about this whole situation. He gets happy when you are empty, poor, contrite. He gets happy. The truth on the other side is also relevant. God gets perturbed when you and I arrive. Oh, glory. It is well-pleasing in God's sight to reveal things to babies. Notice verse 27. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one fully knows the Son except the Father, and neither does anyone fully know the Father except the Son, and Him to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Ooh. Don't get mad at your uncle that don't accept the Lord at this time. Keep loving. Keep ministering. The Lord Jesus will reveal Himself in due time. The pressure's off of you to make God known to people. You can't. God does it when there's something in you that matches what He's looking for. 
And it's not your natural eye, your ear, understanding, fat, lifted up, spirit. It's exactly the opposite. A man cannot receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven, from above. So, you say to me, Francois, God just doesn't speak to me. He doesn't reveal Himself to me. God just hides Himself from me. And God is distant and He's on vacation. God listens to everybody but me. Then I would say to you, it's not God's problem. You've got a problem. What is your problem? Your natural eye, your natural ear, your natural imagination. Your condition has been lifted up. Something is wrong, not with God, because He gets happy to reveal things to people. This is His pleasure. God is not pleased when He hides from you. God comes walking in the cool of the day. Hey, here I am. You've got to come out of hiding and say, Lord, i got nothing to offer you. I'm going to read Psalm 23, but I'm going to read it like I've never read it before, Lord. I don't presume to interpret it. I've heard so many teachings. I know it completely in Hebrew, backwards. God, I know nothing before you. You have such a spirit, the Bible becomes open. God becomes clear. Oh, my Revelation just flows. Do you get this point? Yes. So, God has to reveal Himself into you through His Spirit. Man is therefore at the mercy of God for revelation. Humanity, mankind, is altogether limited in comprehending God. You're very limited in fully comprehending God. Any attempt of man to know God apart from God revealing Himself will result in two things. Number one, confusion. And number two, conjecture. Confusion. When you try to interpret God, you're going to get confused. That's what happened in the book of Job. There was a predicament. There was something that happened in the circumstance of earth, in Job's life and family. And the remainder of the book of Job, we're trying to figure out why did this happen. And if you read the entire book of Job, it's confusing at best. This is what happens when you, with your natural man, try to figure God out. It's confusing. By the way, that's what the word um, Babylon means. You remember there was a tower of Babel? It was man trying to reach God, the tower of Babel. Man trying to interpret God through the sky and stars. And what they needed to do was to elevate themselves to see better into the heavens, to understand through astronomy and astrology their place 
their purpose on earth. So they build a ziggurat of sorts. Of course, there were no mountaintops there in Mesopotamia. It's desert. So they build an artificial mountain. I'll get the revelation. And God's like, "Uh uh-uh, you won't. So he confuses them. This is what happens when you try to build your revelation and your mountaintop and your interpretation. God just says, no, I won't have that. I won't have that. What I'm looking for you is to be flat on the desert floor and I'll come to you, Abraham. The rest of you try to lift yourself up. God scatters them and confuses them. And secondly, the word conjecture. This is what happens when you try to figure God out. Not by the Spirit, but by the soul. You come up with all sorts of opinions and theories and interpretations. Uh Aha, new revelations. Joseph Smith. That's what happens. The natural mind has great imagination, creativity. And so we employ those faculties to figure out God and we come up with all sorts of stuff. Not one word in this scripture we believe is written of the creativity of man. We believe the breath of God is on this. Yeah? So yes, their personality comes through. Their experiences come through, but we believe it is inspired of God. It's one of the basic things we believe, is that the Word is God-breathed. But now, you begin to interpret God outside of the breath of God, you're going to come up with the strangest, weirdest things. Opinion, philosophy, conjecture. Satan cannot give you divine revelation on anything. Remember Jesus said in John 8, He's the father of lies. And all that he speaks is the lie. Satan cannot interpret God for you. All he does is speak from his own wellspring of error and lie. All that the devil can do is deceive and distort. Culture cannot give divine revelation on anything. Culture can only confuse you and contaminate the purity of God in a circumstance. When a circumstance comes into you and I's life and we consult with our culture, you're going to get conflicting interpretations and it's just going to mess you and I up. Self cannot give divine revelation on anything. All that yourself can do is imagine and idolaterize. You imagine things and then that becomes your belief. It's called idolatry. So, self cannot give you revelation. Satan certainly can't give you revelation. Culture can't give you any revelation. Your eye, your ear, your thought, your imagination. Y'all, only God. Only God. closing, I have a few pointers to encourage you with regarding the receiving of revelation knowledge. Number one, you have to ongoingly cultivate and steward well your walk in the Holy Spirit. If you remain in the flesh and you see through the flesh and 
interpret the things of God through the flesh and through the natural faculties of your humanity, then surely you're going to miss some things. God communicates in Christ, but through the Holy Spirit. Therefore, pay close attention to the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the burdens of the Holy Spirit, and the promptings of the Spirit. Often, your flesh will interpret things only according to your culture, but the Spirit will take the things of God and interpret it to you from an eternal perspective. So, number one, pay close attention and steward well your walk in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit ministers the things of heaven to you and not necessarily the things of this earth. Number two, Grow in your understanding of the scriptures. That is, grow in your understanding of the written word of God and the story that is in that word, the revelation that is in the word of God. You cannot grow in knowing God just by your imagination. God saw fit to give us a written record of his New Testament economy, that is the continuation of the first covenant, what we call the older covenant. But it's good to read the older covenant, and it's better to read the newer covenant, this covenant that is in Jesus Christ, and it's well documented in the 27 books of the New Testament. So steward well your life and spirit, but also steward well your life in the written scriptures. And I, I have a suggestion for you. Instead of just tippy-toeing through the scriptures and pulling out a little truth here and a little thought there, why not just read it for what it says in its entirety? That is, read through the books. Just read the story just get into the story and instead of into the verses, get into the narrative at large and you will receive from God and, and you will gain understanding at a level that is fresh and, and new and from an eternal perspective for you. I have a habit in my life where I read through three New Testament books. I just read through it. I don't study. I just read. Every day I just read for the pure enjoyment of God's Word. I read through three New Testament books. Then I go back to one Old Testament book. Then I read three New Testament books quite randomly. And then I read an Old Testament. And, and I just read. And as you stay in the written Word of God, you'll be amazed when you pick up on the narrative how much you will take a hold of the mind and the heart and the burden of God. Number three. Not only can you learn from the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures, but you can also learn from the saints, the body of Christ. I would say to you, stay close to the body of Christ. Attend the meetings, attend the studies, attend the groups, but cultivate close relationships, even mentoring relationships with the body of Christ. Especially get older people that are spirit-filled people, God-fearing people. They know the heart and the burden of the revelation of the scriptures. Get those people into your life and pray that God would add those men and women to your life. Stay close to the body of Christ. Stay close to the saints and you will grow in the revelation of God. Also, 
take extended periods of silence and solitude and contemplation in your life. I have a habit, almost on a weekly basis, of tuning out my electronics and the busyness and the noises and the affairs of this world. And just a, a few moments here and a couple of hours there, I just, in silence and in solitude and in contemplation, I am just before God. Just like you, I have a lot of things on my plate. Uh, there's a lot of affairs of this world that I have to steward and bills that I too have to pay. And But I, I want to know God. I want to receive from God. So I have to spend time unplugging from this world. And you do it best in solitude. Take a drive, turn down the radio, turn down the, uh, the music, the, the speaking, the teaching. Somehow just come into solitude. Come into silence. And there before God, take a simple truth, take a simple thought, maybe something the Holy Spirit has been impressing upon you. Maybe write it on a little uh, note card and just muse over it. Just read it and pray and pray and read. Or even better, just take a portion of the Word of God and read a little bit, pray. Pray a little bit, read. And watch how God will impress upon you, deep within you, things that flesh and blood cannot do for you. Beloved, stay in spirit. Stay in the scriptures. Stay connected to the saints and practice silence. Practice solitude and practice contemplation. What is that? Contemplation is just to contemplate, to gaze at to fix your attention upon, to meditate and to chew, and just to look at one thing. Instead of reading every book, listening to every message, going to every meeting, simplify your life. Simplify. And don't move on to the new truth or the new lesson until the Holy Spirit moves you on. You don't have to learn all the lessons of God today. Rather, take your time, and learn the one thing God has for you this day, or maybe this week, or this month, or even this year. I'm sure you've noticed by now that God is not in a hurry. So don't you be in a hurry with God. Slow down and learn from the Lord the lesson He has for you today, the revelation, the impartation that He has for you today. Beloved, if you want to be a spiritual man, then you have to live by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and not the word of mouth on the street. So mean business with what comes out of God, because that is the light that will keep you in the straight and the narrow. That is the light that will keep you from the ditches. That is the light that will keep you from stumbling. And that alone is the light that can stabilize and secure and solidify your spiritual life with God.